0: Hello, everyone. I'm T.D. Worthington, pastor of the Pathway Baptist Church in Goldsboro, North Carolina, and this is Pathlight. We're so glad to have you tuned in today to our program. Hope our message will be a blessing to you. Happy New Year, everyone, as we enter 2022. Can you believe that? Already a brand new year, and we're excited about what the Lord might be doing this year. You know, this could be the year. This could be the year, actually. This could be the day that our Lord Jesus comes back. We're excited about the prospects as we are concerned about the world. We're certainly concerned about our own country, everything from the economy and especially the morals of our own country. Our deviation from the Constitution certainly has concerned us quite a bit. But nevertheless, we are optimistic in the fact that we are God's children. God has everything in hand, and He's got a plan. He's working it out, and uh, and I'm I'm just so glad to be a small, very small, minuscule part of God's of God's plan. Again, want to thank you for tuning in today. I've got somewhat of a New Year's message coming for you today. And I'm going to kind of give you a pep talk for going into the year 2022. Now, I'm basing this on the Scripture. If you'd like to go ahead and open your Bibles, if you can. I realize you're riding in your car, or whatever, that might be impossible, but if you can open your Scriptures to Joshua chapter number one, we're going to take a look at a great pep talk that God has given, has given Joshua, and we're going to see if we can glean something from that that might help us as we enter this new year. The important thing about the new year is let's be in the Father's will, and right now I've got a musical selection coming your way that, that deals. With, uh, with that very service, uh, uh, circumstance of being in the center of the Father's uh, of the Father's will. Go and tell all is well when we dwell within
1: His righteousness. We are blessed when we rest in Him. In His presence we have found this is holy ground. In the center of the Father's will, that's the only place I really wanna live. In the center of the Father's will In the center of the Father's will That's the only place I really want to live Forever, anytime May the good Lord find me In the center of the Father's will Of the Fatsy the will, in the center of the Father's will, that's the only place I really want to live forever. In time, may the good Lord find me in the center of the Father's will, in His will, the Father's will, the center of the Father's will, forever. In may the good Lord find me in the center of the Father's will, in the center of the Father's will, in the center.
0: That's where I want to be. I trust that's where you want to be, especially as we enter this brand new year. That was poet voices and a song called In the Center of the Father's Will. That's certainly where I would like to be, and I think it's where you would like to be also as we um, not only enter the new year, but as we go through life. Well, if you're able this morning to follow along, I'm going to be in the book of Joshua, primarily in Joshua chapter 1. I want to begin by reading verse number 9. Have I not commanded thee, Be strong and of a good courage, and be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee whithersoever thou goest. What a tremendous promise, and I want to utilize that as I give you somewhat of a pep talk of going into 2022. Now, now, now look, folks. There's a lot of things that's going on in this world and specifically in our own country right now that concerns me greatly. I'm concerned about the moral decline in America. I'm concerned about the fact how we've deviated from the Constitution. Uh, the, that very document that has been used of the Lord these past 200 plus years to keep our liberty and to keep our freedom, uh, is being eroded seemingly with every new law that is passed by Congress or every exact executive action that is put forth by the President and often every ruling by the Supreme Court seems to weaken Our Constitution, and when you weaken our Constitution, you weaken our liberty. Let's face it today, friends, you and I do not, as Americans, do not have anywhere near the freedom that our fathers and grandfathers had. We are we are commanded on every issue. We are micromanaged by many alphabet soup agencies right down even to the local level of, uh, you know, you try to stick a flag up in some communities in your front yard and there's some guy telling you you can't do it. It's, uh, I mean, we are micromanaged. Now, I understand part of that, and that is the fact that when a nation becomes less moral, more Prone to breaking law, you have to have more laws to keep them in check. Uh, as people become less self-controlled, they have to be controlled by others. And, and so, I understand part of that is simply cause and effect. We brought it upon ourselves. We can't, well, we, you know, you know. In theory, if everybody would get out there and drive like they're supposed to on the highway. Uh, you wouldn't need any uh, police officers out there except maybe to deal with uh, uh, the accident that might happen, which, you know, just uh, someone has a blowout and runs in the ditch or something. But, you know, if everybody would just just stick up a sign and drive 55, if everybody did it, stick up a stop, stop sign and everybody stopped. Apart from the accident, the, the true legitimate accident, I'm referring to the accident that's really no one's fault because most accidents are someone's fault, we would need a lot of uh, law enforcement enforcement officers out there, will be, But but we know people are going to break the law. So the more they become lawbreakers, the more law keepers we've got to have out there enforcing them. The more that people act like children, we've got to treat them more like children and, and put parental rules over them and micromanage their lives. So as we go into 2022, there's a lot of things that's on our mind today about our country and certainly about the world. We just don't know what's going to happen. But so maybe we need a pep talk. And one of the Bible's best pep talks is found in the book of Joshua. Now, I want to say this. I have never really been a sports fan. I'm not growing up. Number one, I was never that good at sports, to be honest with you. And once I discovered girls, well, sports seemed to be a real misuse of my time and talent. So, uh, therefore, once I entered the business world, though, and became a leader in business, I'm referring to before I became a Christian and was in secular business, I developed a real respect for coaches. I studied their motivational speeches, their pep talks, if you will, and and sometimes applied some of their techniques at business meetings, because increasing sales and profits over your competitors is, well, somewhat of an athletic event in its own right. I discovered that a lot of coaches were not that good at giving these speeches, so the players would leave these pep talks or leave these meetings confused and unmotivated, but every once in a while, you'd find a coach who would say all the right things at all the right times for all the right reasons and with impeccable timing. And the players would respond by going out on the field and giving their best effort and often coming away the victors simply because that coach had motivated them to go out and do their best. And that's what I wanted to do in the business world. So I studied a lot of these speeches. Now, now the Bible, as I said, has pep talks also. And one of the best is found in Joshua chapter 1 because in this chapter, Joshua has taken over for Moses. Moses has just died. He's buried in Moab without ever setting foot into the promised land, if you remember. Now, finally, at the transfiguration, he would set foot in the promised land, but up to this point, he had not. Joshua was going to be the new leader of this group of people who had just spent 40 years wandering around in the wilderness because of their disobedience, because they had not trusted in God. And now Joshua is given charge of leading these people finally into the promised land. Now Joshua is of course much younger than Moses and must have felt overwhelmed as Israel's new leader. Joshua was not only put in charge, but he was immediately given the responsibility of moving into the promised land with the nation of Israel. And the task was going to be incredibly difficult. Because there were already people who hated Israel living in the promised land. They'd already sought habitation there. They were not going to just pick up and move just because Joshua asked them nicely. Joshua and his army were going to have to engage in conflict over and over and over again until Israel had claimed the land that God had promised them. Now, now friends, I I don't want to be a pessimist today, but that's our new year. Our new year is going to be filled with conflict. Uh, you, you know, uh, hopefully this pandemic, one of these days is going to get behind us. Hopefully the economy is going to recover. Hopefully things are going to going to stabilize a little bit, but I don't know. And, and the fact is, even if it does, there's probably going to be some new crisis that's going to come up. That is the nature of our world. So this coming year, chances are we're going to be engaged in conflict, if not on a corporate level, personally, you're going to go through hardships just like, just like me and just like everyone else. Until God calls you home, that's going to be our plight here on earth. The Bible says a man's life is a few days and full of trouble. I don't know if anyone's going to deny that. Well, Joshua's team definitely needed a good pep talk. So so this this speech came from God Himself for the purpose of giving Joshua no doubt that everything was going to be all right. Here is what Joshua heard from from the Lord, and I'm reading in chapter 1 now, verses 1 through 9, and I'm also going to read verse number 16, okay? The Bible says, Now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, and to the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, even unto the great river, the river Euphrates, and all the land of the Hittites, and to the great sea toward the going down of the sun, shall you be your coast. There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life, as I was with Moses. So I will be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Be strong and of good courage, for unto this people shalt thy divine uh, divine for an inheritance the land, which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Only be thou strong and very, and very courageous, that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law, which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from it. To the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Have I not commanded thee? Be strong and of a good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. And verse 16 now says, And the people answered. They answered Joshua, saying, All that thou commandest us we will do, and whithersoever thou sendest us we will go. Wow, what a talk. I realize that's more scripture than we normally read, but I wanted you to get a hold of that pep talk that God has given Joshua to, to, uh, to therefore render to the people. The Lord God wanted Joshua to trust him, just like he wants you and I to trust him going into this uncertain new year. God wanted Joshua to believe in him. So God laid out some promises here that were meant to instill tremendous confidence in this man of God, to not rely on his own power and might, just as you and I don't need to do, but to rely solely on the hand of God as God would lead to their ultimate Inheritance, And I've got an inheritance waiting also for me. And God's leading me through every step of the journey, just as he is you. I'm going to take a look at some of these promises. God trusted or Joshua trusted God because God chose him. God chose him. This wasn't a job that Joshua applied for. Joshua didn't send a resume to secure this position of authority with the nation of Israel. Joshua didn't have to ask Moses for a letter of reference. God chose Joshua. Joshua. Verse 1 tells us that the Lord spake unto Joshua. God initiated the conversation. He put Joshua in charge. In Numbers 27, 18, we begin to see the transfer of authority from Moses to Joshua. The Lord said, take thee Joshua, the son of Nun, a man in whom is the spirit, and lay thine hand upon him. Now likewise, and that was a promise that God has made Joshua. Joshua said, I have chosen you. God says, I have chosen you. Now, I want you to understand something as you go into this new year. God's chosen you too. You are one of his children. God has chosen you. Now, if God was through with you here on this earth, he'd already taken you home. But the fact that you and I are still here means God has something for us to do or something for us to learn. And God has chosen us. And he's chosen it. Listen, it's not an accident. God has put you where you are right now in your particular town, in your particular city, in your particular state, in your particular job, in your particular social, it was social area of influence. God has put you there for a reason. God has chosen you. The second thing, Joshua trusted God because God had already chosen the land for Israel. God was already involved. Joshua wasn't being asked by God to randomly go to war with just any nation. God didn't just say, yeah, go pick up somebody and go fight with them. No, he's being commanded to specifically move into the land that God had already chosen. We read in verse 3, Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given to you. And the places where Joshua's feet were going to walk were going to be the land that God instructed him to walk upon. It's already been ordained. The battle is over before it started. The land had already been given to Israel by God. All Joshua had to do was to be faithful and to follow God. Likewise, I remind you and I that this day as we go into a new year, the victory is already won. It's ours. (laughs) The victory has already won. As I've said before, I've read the back of the book. We win. We win. We go through some battles. We go through some hardships, but ultimately we're going to win. The third thing I noticed today is Joshua trusted God because God had promised to protect him. Imagine hearing these words before you went into battle. Verse 5, there shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. Wow, what a promise. How would you like that? Not even the giants that lived in the land where Joshua was heading. No, they were not a threat. God is telling Joshua that he had nothing to fear because the outcome had already been decided. No matter the odds, no matter the circumstances, no matter the situation, no matter how strong the army, no matter how big the giants no one's going to stand against Joshua for the rest of his life. That's a blank check. How about that? How about that for you and I? The Bible says we're begotten of God, and the wicked one toucheth us not. I'll tell you, no, no weapon formed against you is going to prosper today. I'll tell you that if you are a child of God, you're walking in his ways, your, your footsteps are being, are going where God is leading you to go, you are, you are invincible. I'm not saying there's not going to be some battles. I'm not saying there's not going to be some hardships, But the victory is won. Promise number four, Joshua trusted God because God had promised to always be with him. Now, God said this in several different ways. Verse five, he says, as I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. Verse five, I will not fail thee nor forsake thee. I like that. Verse nine, the Lord thy God is with thee whithersoever thou goest. I mean, these are some tremendous promises. God has given Joshua assurance that he would never leave him. Not ever. Joshua was witness to God's close relationship with Moses, and, and, and Joshua perhaps is wondering, I wonder if God's going to be as close to me. And the answer was yes, yes. Joshua was right by Moses' side with the, uh, many times when, when God worked tremendous miraculous wonders. Joshua was comforted and strengthening and strengthening, and knowing that the same God that was with Moses. Is not going to be by his side forever. Now, can I tell you the same thing applies to you and I? The same God that was with Moses is with me. The same God that was with Joshua is with me. The same God that was with the apostle Paul is with me. And he's also with you. Isn't that, isn't that, isn't that something? You and I, God says, I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee. You are sealed with the Holy Spirit until the day of redemption. And until you're presented faultless before the throne. Wow. Promise number five, Joshua trusted God because Joshua knew the law. Joshua was the right-hand man of the person who walked down Mount Sinai holding the law in his hands. And Joshua knew the importance of not only knowing the law, but following the law. Verse seven, God says, Only be thou strong and very courageous that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law, which Moses, my servant, commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or the left. He goes on in verse 8 and says, Thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that's written therein. With God's word in his heart, God's presence by his side, Joshua had the confidence he needed to fulfill God's commands. And the same thing's true in I, with you and I, as we go into this new year with the word of God hidden in our heart. The Lord says, if you love me, keep my commandments. That's the way you obey the Lord. That's how you you stay close to him in your day-by-day walk. Hide the word of God in your heart, and you will have prosperity this coming year. That'll give you What you need, you know, you take the, you're sealed with the Holy Spirit until the day of redemption. If you're a child of God, that Holy Spirit takes the word of God, the spirit of God takes the word of God that's hidden within your heart and utilizes that to help bring you victory. Number six. Joshua trusted God because God had already ordained success for Joshua and the nation of Israel. Verse 7 says, Thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. Joshua could trust God's promise of success and deliverance because Joshua had every intention of obeying all that was contained in God's word. Joshua said, I'm not going to be a victim. I'm going to be a victor. Joshua knew that his success was not going to be based on his bravery. It's not going to be based on the size of his army or his military prowess. No, the success of the nation of Israel was linked to their obedience to the command of God. And your success this coming year is going to be linked directly to how you obey God and how you follow his leading in your life, whether it's the written word of God or as God speaks to you through the Holy Spirit and guides you that way as God perhaps gives you direction through faithful preachers and teachers who are likewise getting it from the Word of God, oh, this coming year, that will give you that success, that success. Promise number seven, Joshua trusted God because Joshua had planted God's Word in his heart. We've already touched on that a little bit, but Joshua didn't have to run and check his Bible app Every time he wanted to see what the Bible had to say about something. Now, look, I'm not against Bible apps. Don't misunderstand me here. But Joshua knew the Word of God because Joshua had committed it to memory. God's law was always with Joshua. He didn't have to go search it out. He knew it. Joshua had to read God's Word to understand God's Word in order to memorize God's Word so that he could follow God's Word. And that formula is still for you and I today. There's no better way to know God's word than to hide it in your heart so it'll always be with you. You can pull it out and you know be a quick draw. As you remember, you used to have sword drills years ago when you were a kid in Sunday school. Remember that? Well, you could hide the Word of God in your heart so you could pull it out. Yeah, now and, and Back in those days, you found the Scriptures in your Bible. Hopefully, at there you got to a point in life where you could memorize a lot of it, especially in times of struggle, in times of temptation. It was right there. You, you know, the Bible says you can have the mind of Christ as you're filled with the Holy Spirit of God. The Bible says all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable, profitable for the Christian why that he might be thoroughly furnished unto all good works. It is the word of God, which, which equips you for that service. Promise number eight, Joshua trusted God because God had given him the recipe for success. Joshua didn't have to wonder. He didn't have to cross his fingers and hope He didn't have to rely on superstition or on the words of some false prophet. No, the Lord God had already given him the blueprint for success. We see it in verse 8. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night that thou mayest observe to do according to all that's written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and thou shalt have good success. That's what I want this year. I want a prosperous year. I want a successful year. It's not enough to know God's Word. We must obey God's Word. When we immerse ourselves in Scripture when we read it to understand it, when we allow God's Word to lead and guide our lives, and when we submit to the Word of God and do what God wants us to do, then we'll be successful because God's Word has the recipe for our marriage, for our family, for our finances, for our moral decisions that we have to make. Promise number nine, Joshua trusted God because he saw that God's people trusted God. The very people that Joshua was going to be leading until the promised land gave Joshua a huge confirmation of faith as their new leader. Verse 16, all that thou commandest us, we will do, and whithersoever thou sendest us, we will go. Boy, I, I realize I'm not a Joshua, not, not by any stretch of the imagination, but wouldn't that be a pastor's dream? I'm talking about a faithful pastor. I'm not talking about some charlatan and a false prophet, but a faithful pastor. Who's preaching the word of God, who has the mind of Christ, who's preaching what God tells him to preach, and if his congregation says everything you tell us to do that God has told you to tell us to do, we're gonna do it. We're gonna do it. Where you send us, we'll go. Now look, I'm not talking about just just a blind trust in man. I'm talking about trusting in a man of God who is giving you the word of God. The people of God had pledged their allegiance to both God and to Joshua. They promised to do whatsoever God told Joshua. They had confidence in Joshua as God's appointed leader. If God is with Joshua, then we're with Joshua. And then finally, promise number 10, Joshua trusted God because God cannot lie. I'm sure that Joshua had been lied to before, just like you and I have probably many times. When people lie to us, we stop trusting them. But with God, it's different. Joshua knew that God could not lie. We read in Numbers 23, 19, God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent, hath he said, and shall not do it, hath he said, and shall not do it, or hath he spoken, and shall not make it good. And, of course, the answer to that is absolutely not. God is not going to say he's going to do something and not do it. If God said it, Joshua can believe it and trust it and act on it, and so can we. We can believe God because we've complete access to the very words of God. We have access to his promises and we've seen how they have come to pass. We can trust God because it's impossible for God to lie. And Joshua claimed that truth and so should we. Joshua claimed that truth that God cannot lie. God has never lied. I can always trust the Lord. He will do what he says he's going to do. Joshua had chosen a place for his people to live for his people to prosper. And God used Joshua to be the person to lead them there. Joshua trusted God. And for the same reasons, as we enter this brand new year, we can trust God. God has promised to never leave us or forsake us. And the blueprint for that success is available not just to Joshua, not just to Moses, but to just folks like, well, folks like you and I. To know God and to follow God, to obey His word, to seek His counsel, to have the mind of Christ, to be energized and filled with the Holy Spirit of God, and to be successful as we walk in God's light. We got, walk the pathway that God has given us to walk upon. Well, that's a pep talk. That's a pep talk for this year. You're going into a strange new land. We've never been here before, and Lord knows what we're going to face. We, we, we face things in 2021 I thought we'd never face. 2022 is going to probably likewise have some earth-shaking things that's going to go on. But just remember, God is with us. He's going to lead us. He's going to guide us. He's going to protect us. And He'll be with us every step of the way. I want to thank you for tuning in to, uh, to today's program, to today's Pathlight program. As we enter this new year, there's a lot of uncertainties. There certainly are. Uh, matter of fact, the, the world changes at such a such a pace today. But just to let you know, if you're a child of God, God's going to lead you. He'll, he'll be with you every step of that journey, every step of the journey. Through, around every corner, He's waiting for you. Down every dark street, He's there with you. Even though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you will not be alone. He'll be there to comfort you. Isn't that a precious promise? Thank you again for tuning in to the Pathlight Program. I want to thank you so much for being a part of our audience. Until next time, T.D. Worthington Say, may God richly bless you, is my prayer. You have a wonderful, wonderful week and a wonderful new year.